In a world full of distractions, there is one big question on every dog owner's lips. How do I become more than just the person holding the other end of the leash? We all get dogs of a dream in mind, a vision of the future. And if right now your everyday reality isn't quite that picture you had in mind, you are in the right place. It really doesn't have to be this way. You absolutely can and will be more to your dog than just the person who gets in between them and the world. The key is you need to be more sexy. More sexy than the neighbourhood cats. More sexy than the jogger in the park. More sexy than that half-eaten hamburger they just found on the floor. And yes, even more sexy than the dog across the road. I'm Tom. And I'm Lauren. Together Together we're we're Absolute Absolute Dogs. Dogs. And you're listening to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. Welcome to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast, the podcast that teaches you how to be sexy to your dog. Sounds a bit odd, but it teaches you how to conquer distractions. No, you wouldn't say it was a bit odd, other than we are joined by yeah, some new guests. Yeah, I feel a little bit... Im- You're I, like, how do I qualify? I feel a bit embarrassed. I feel like <laughs> I should like qu- qualify everything that I'm saying, but, um, but yeah, we're, we're joined, joined. by the police today, and actually, mm. when I say the police, we're joined by West Midlands uh, Dog Unit, and actually, what we're looking to do is, is really have a bit of a chat, find a bit more uh, about what you guys do, understand a bit more about your day-to-day, how you roll, because I've been lucky enough to work around you guys and see what goes on. It's like a Harry Potter heaven of dog training, like pops up in the whittle in the middle in the middle that makes sense. <laughs> might be that <laughs> could be there uh, in the middle of like nowhere and there's this like amazing dog training space so introducing Leanne and Dave like tell me a little bit about what you guys do like what's it about um so uh we run um the training side or I run the training side at West Midlands Police Dog Unit and as you said we've got a dedicated dog training facility um so we've got around 13 and a half acres of land uh, with some indoor outdoor training facilities uh, where we develop our puppies all the way through to our operational police dogs and that um, sounds like something that like obviously every area might have but actually I know that's not the case right like not every area has dedicated dog space like West Midlands has right yeah we are really lucky um, there are a few forces across the country that have got facilities similar to ours um, but not all um, so we obviously train quite a few dogs that go to other forces as well um so it's really important that we've got facilities on site we've got fitness and conditioning suite with treadmills um we've got a dedicated veterinary nurse that works um for us at the dog unit so we've got everything set up in the center to to provide some really great facilities for our dogs and handlers and being lucky enough to have um come and watch you guys both of you um like doing your everyday like roles and literally loving it like these guys i always think we're really lucky to yeah. do what we love and to be really passionate about what we do like you guys are exactly the same and you literally i think i'm rocking in early at like sort of eight o'clock half past seven quarter to eight <laughs> these guys are all in there they've been in there since like tell me like a typical day maybe i mean Liam, what sort of time do you start in the morning yeah so most of our handlers will start at seven o'clock in the morning especially when they're on a training course <laughs> Um, so they're out in the vans by quarter past seven. <laughs> Literally, and they're scrubbing vans and sorting vans. And, like, these guys are passionate about what yeah. they do, right? Like, they're so keen. I'm trying yeah. to think of, I won't give names, but some of the guys that were there last time I was there, like, there's this young guy who's literally, he's like, literally, like, chomping at the bits to, like, jump in the van and he's a they police dog handler. They love, love it, it, don't they? They absolutely love it, yeah. And they need to make sure they've got their, uh, their tea box ready so they're, they're getting nice and early, make sure they've got loads of tea and biscuits. <laughs> it's great. And they, and they literally are itching, right? They're chomping at the bit. And you deal with mainly the handlers 
is yeah so i look after the operational side of the dog unit um so that's all the operational dog handlers when they're out working their dogs making sure that they're okay making sure there's no issues with their their deployments or or anything like that so i just look after them and and it is literally it's like a little heaven it's like pops up middle of nowhere and you're like wow what is this place like i went down to the bottom field with you guys and there's this like amazing like climbing sort of center (laughs) for dogs like explain that to me because i see it and i'm like i see what we would train for concept trainers and you tell me what you guys see when you see that yeah it's really similar so obviously you know the work you guys do with with your dogs around engagement uh interactivity and things like that that's the same for our dogs so we place a massive emphasis from the moment they're born really to get them environmentally uh, sound so we take them up, up and down metal staircases um, and our environmental area is really good it's got tunnels it's got jumps it's got beams across um, where the dogs can see through so it is all about building the confidence from day one and what I loved is like the guys get their dogs out of the vehicles and the dogs are like pulling <laughs> oh, yeah. to go down that field they're like this is where we want to yeah. go like they love it there's no sort of have to do this or they, they, the dogs want to be there yeah, yeah um, again similar to, to, to you know most dogs really we want them to want to do the job we want them to want to interact with us yeah. and the handlers and you know our volunteers do a, a brilliant job with with the dogs as well making sure that that kind of ethic is instilled throughout the dogs from from day dot really it's so, so yeah. important so that when they come out operationally then they're not worried about the different things that they're exposed to when you think at three o'clock in the morning it's pitch black and they're jumping over fences we want them to be confident dogs so actually, and not be worried i want to t- touch base on that because leanne i know that you've recently been through a bit of a program right <laughs> yeah. like so you've been through a program and tell me a little bit because i was super chuffed to find that out when i was last up with you guys you've been through a bit of a program yeah. tell me what that is and what that sort of qualifies you to do because you've got a really cool dog and yeah so, it's fun to watch yeah so i was not a dog handler, so I've been a police officer for 14 years. I was not a dog handler, so I've come into the dog unit as the inspector, um, but wanted to understand a little bit about the, the handlers and what they go through. So the best way to do that is to work a dog myself. So I'm by no means any expert, but I've gone on our initial course, um, gone out, um, completed that. And now we'll go out operationally with with my dog, who is absolutely fantastic. I absolutely love working. He's like with. the biggest goof I've ever seen, and yet he's like serious as well. Like he's, he's a real so like intense. he's like he's like lush and gorgeous and like Mister like soft when you see him yeah. outside of his work, and then yeah. you see him in his work, and you're like, I wouldn't mess with him. Yeah. Like you just wouldn't mess. And with him. And that's the the best thing about our police dogs confident. is that actually they they are really confident, and you can put them into most situations, and they're absolutely will just enjoy it and and do whatever they need to do but that starts from when they're a baby so getting that environmental stuff sorted when they're a baby but also having them well balanced so actually he is really well balanced isn't yeah he? we like don't he's a really them. nice dog yeah so he so members of the public can stroke him and he's absolutely lovely but then absolutely when he's when he's working and when he needs to he he absolutely you know can turn it on really he's absolutely brilliant and he knows the difference as well which is really nice but that's what we want for our dogs we don't want them being vicious beasts all of the time we need that balance and so leanne when she goes to this course dave like lots of people go through um lots of officers go through this course just tell me how that picture looks because i came up for a couple of days and i was like oh my god when can i come back <laughs> like, like literally I, and i can't wait i will come back um at some point and um the the cool thing is you get to see real development but it's not yeah. like a a sort of couple of day course right like it's actually quite intense yeah, it is, it's really intense. It's a really intense recruitment process as well. So for people to get onto the department is is really tough. It's a well sought after job for obvious reasons. Um, and then once people join the unit, they've then got a 13 week uh, intensive training course that they have to go through and pass um, 
to stay on the unit and then work a, an operational dog. So it is literally 13 weeks of training every day. Because I considered Tom for myself whether I might do this. And then when Dave said it was like 13 <laughs> weeks, I was like, how many? <laughs> like 13 weeks. And this is with an already partly trained dog in the sense that they're a year old and they've already had the environmental stuff done already. Like they've yeah. done a lot of that. I mean, I know yeah. they haven't got every skill, but so 13 weeks. Just give me a taster of, let's say, a, a GP dog, which I've learned means general purpose. Um, I like That's this. Good. I'm on. I'm on. <laughs> so with a GP dog, like what would my 13 weeks look like? So how does it look? And yeah. for the dog and the handler. So we've we've got quite a structured program, which which kind of feeds into what we do with the puppies. So as you say, once they join the course, they're around 14 to 18 months old. Um, and again, what we've looked for is dogs that are super confident, really environmentally sound. So they'll go anywhere, go into any place, um, but are really interactive with toys and, and games and things because that's what we want our dogs to be trained with. So... They've kind of come with a foundation of, you know, interactivity and problem solving dogs. Um, and then for the 13 weeks, we kind of split the course into to two halves. So the first half of the course is what we call their core learning program. So where they actually learn the exercises they need to be licensed police dogs. Um, and then the second part of the course for the, the remaining six or seven weeks will be all around operational training. So we switch from training during the day to moving on to late shift. So they'll work until 10, 11 o'clock midnight um, to get used to working in the dark and actually learning then what we call the operational skills to be police dogs, but also police dog handlers as well. So it's a kind of two-part process. Um, we kind of get the dog training bit done in the first half of the course and then generalize the behavior environmentally for the second half of the course. So when they go out as licensed dogs, they're, hopefully hit the ground running and it is i mean and what an amazing process it's a huge like undertaking for you um sort of doing that your role in what you're doing within the police tell me a little bit about your role yeah so i kind of um oversee our training side um so i'm responsible for all of the the training of the police dogs uh, i've got a great team of instructors uh, who actually deliver that training day to day uh, along with our puppy development program as well so we've got a real mix of, of skills within that team so a mix of police officers uh, and also police staff um, so it's really important to get that balance right you know we need the operational experience of the police dog handlers and police officers um, but also bringing in some external skills um, we've got a behaviorist in the force um, in the department who's got a master's degree in dog behavior um, we've got qualified teachers we've got level five qualified teachers all the way up to level seven qualified teachers um, and we've just as I say brought in a veterinary nurse um, so as well so it's what makes a great team isn't it those different experiences different people's um, skills and abilities and blending those together to to hopefully make as good a team as we can get to support the operational handlers that's so cool I think then for everyone um, for everyone listening it's interesting that notice like one of the things that you should take away from that is that when you're really clear on what the end goal is and you're very intentional about the approach and structured in the approach and thinking every day how am i moving towards that then it's achievable but when we think about like taking it back to like pet dogs we often aren't that we don't know we don't know what we want we don't decide what we want and we're not intentional in the approach it goes wrong right yeah Before and then we're we like oh god it. need to do something about this um, and so it's cool to kind of think actually there's a lot that we could we could learn from on the the pet dog side of things as dog owners listening that you know what if we were a little bit more intentional and you know 
treated our dog training like more of a program, then we'd get to a very different place potentially. Yeah, I, I think it's a two-way thing as well. I think we can pick up a lot of stuff, certainly from from our policing side in in you know pet dog competition mm-hmm. obedience, uh, you know, all the sporting dogs. But I think you're right. I think sometimes it helps within an organisation because you've got clarity over the end result what exactly are you wanting to achieve from from the training and training program so and it is crazy to see a dog at the start of a course and then 13 weeks later because actually 13 weeks isn't that long a lot of progress isn't it the difference in them dogs is just phenomenal and you just think wow like what an amazing journey as a species how like crazily varied they are i always say that um you know somewhere in the world right now there is a dog like hunting down a criminal and equally somewhere in the world is a dog living in a handbag and they're the same species with any other species so i think one of my um favorite moments i loved watching you guys go into a bit of an assessment with them with the guys because they literally went to pot like their whole so you guys go in and you assess and you watch and we would say we're playing games yeah and yeah they were like i all of these grown men practically cry <laughs> because you guys turned up in it's your like marked car and I, and I think that is because they care so much mm. so they really want to succeed and they really want the dogs to succeed so they put so much pressure on themselves mm. and and that assessment was was just a, a you were just really checking informal, in right a really informal just day just to go and see how they're getting on but Dave was looking at it from the trailer point of view I was looking at it from them being operational police dog handlers and it was really interesting. And they went to pieces. I mean, literally, <laughs> yeah. these like grown guys and, and ladies, like literally yeah. were, it, it's it's big. And it's because they do pressure themselves yeah. because they love what they're doing and they want to do yeah. this. And they've worked so hard already to get as far as they've got. So they're worried that actually that could be jeopardized if they don't do a really good job that day, even though that's not necessarily what would happen. But they put so much pressure on themselves because they want to be brilliant. And they want to show their dogs off as well. I think that's the bit. Yeah. And I think yeah. the dogs off. Pet owners are the yeah. same, right? Like every they want walk, to do it. Right? right. Yeah, if you think about a pet owner, they every walk, they've got this dream of, you know, how, why they got the dog in the first place. We've all been there. We've all had it. And you go on that walk and you get pulled to the park and they bark at every dog in the park and then Run they off. you know bite the postman on the way back. And, leg. and again, it's that like, you know, it, the, the big lesson that, hopefully everybody listening is going to take from this is that you know if we if we are reactive to that if we're firefighting if we're literally like trying to problem solve all the time then you're probably just going to kind of stay where you are and maintain it and yet if you're if you think where do i want to be and be proactive in that then you get to a very different place to to where you started I think it's it's also really interesting as well because everyone always says, don't they? Oh, it goes down the lead, it goes down the lead, and and you'd have seen on those assessments, there's people doing things they wouldn't normally do Never. because yeah. they yeah. feel stressed pressure. and under pressure, and then you see the result of the the dog then doesn't perform the way it does, yeah. and it is it's really interesting. And people, you know, like you say, when they go on a walk and something happens, then it it all trigger stacks, doesn't it? And yeah, absolutely. makes a real big impact. Uh, I mean, we should dig out some some footage of when we first started. Like, we were both dog that's trainers. So and that's <laughs> what we were really. good at and kind of skilled at. And then as soon as the camera started, we, we were literally like say. dropping our treats. So I was like sweat coming down literally, our face. Literally, Tom was literally permanently, oh like, permanently literally wiping sweat. his I spent like, the first brow two years like sweating. permanently sweaty. So, um, yeah. And we, do, I, we, we do learn and we say silly things yeah. and like literally, Literally, you're suddenly like, how did this go wrong? And it is, it's a different pressure. Yeah. 
So, yeah, so if you were to tell me, I don't know, both of you, maybe a couple of your like favorite moments or highlights um, throughout like what you've been like privy to and what you've been able to do, because I can come into your place and straight away go, oh my God, that was so much fun. <laughs> and there are so many highlights. Like you guys, it really is like, for me, it's like a pop-up Harry Potter world in the sense that it's just incredible. And it's like what we do in another space, in a different world and in a different game, really. But like you guys get to do some fun stuff. So what would either of you say have been like some of your highlights? of um, what you do? I think getting a dog <laughs> licence. I've never... Like, it's really... You know, it's a really different world. So I've been a police officer, gone to thousands of jobs, and then going out to a job with a, a licensed police dog, it's like having a brand new job. It's like doing oh, something I completely different. Um, so cool. And he's such a cool dog as well he, to be licensed with. He's lush. He's lovely, lovely He is dog. brilliant. I mean, he's embarrassed me a few times, but he, he's absolutely <laughs> brilliant. I think... Weighing up the firearms officer's leg was was a real highlight. I think that's why we're all attracted. Keeps us grounded. Keeps us grounded. Like gambling. Which way is it going to go? So so being licensed, amazing moments. And then actually probably operationally and getting out there and actually having this first opportunity to really work. Yeah, but it's, again, you know, you put so much pressure on yourself as well. So actually then going out and working that dog, going to that first job, getting him out, getting him tracking, finding some property, finding a person, like... You can't even explain like how excited you get. So if you saw, so we found a, a person and then I'm like, oh my God, you're such a good boy, such a good boy. And I just think, oh my God, everyone's watching this thinking, <laughs> oh, she's, she, what's she on? <laughs> so funny. Because she's so excited because he's done the work. So they're yeah. now in handcuffs, they're it. going away. And then you've got to get all excited with the dog. I mean, I must have phoned 50 people saying, oh my God, <laughs> he, he works. <laughs> I love it. I love that. And oh, I believe God. it as well. I believe it. <laughs> I know, yeah. I know from watching um, when you were working together. So The funny thing is, is that I bet a lot of our listeners think, I had that moment when my dog didn't bark at another dog for the first time. <laughs> Even Tom and I, like, we'll have like a moment when the dog does one of the behaviors that we know that yeah. we're going to show, and 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 we go, we're like, they do it, like, they do <laughs> oh it, word, it, it works, works. <laughs> it works, and I, I think that's the continual thing, like with dog ownership and dog training, and we're always like constantly surprised by actually it does work, yeah. like it really does yeah. work, like it's yeah. cool when you see like like it really actually come together. Yeah. Um, I know you sent me some videos of your young dog doing like when it's coming together, and the feeling is, isn't it? It is an yeah. incredible feeling. I, yeah, I think you're right. I think um, again, it goes back to like all the stuff you put into the dog, and then seeing it actually mm-hmm. come together, it, it is really interesting. Like it's, uh, it's quite interesting. So you listen to dog handlers, like the hands just like raved about the fact <laughs> she's licensed the dog, and, and that's really really nice. Like certainly from my side, like everyone sees that in the dogs, mm-hmm. um, and it is really nice, especially running on young dogs and actually then going to see them work with their handlers and stuff is is really good. Like. I um I have no desire to go and do what Leanne's done. Like, I'd really take my hat off to him. Like, you couldn't get me anywhere so near funny. that role. That's not uh, me. But it, I, I, it's just really like, I love seeing that enthusiasm people have got because people are really passionate about the dog. You know, dog handlers are really passionate about what they do. Like, I couldn't do it. I really genuinely take my hat off to them. I think the, the, the job they do and the work they put in to get where they get to is like incredible. So for me on the training side, seeing dogs go from like real baby puppies to operational dogs and, and getting results is like absolutely brilliant. I it's, think um, it's good. volunteers as well. Like we have volunteers that come back year after mm. year after year to take out, like to take on a puppy and, mm. and puppy walk for us. And they must be so proud to see that little tiny baby that they brought up for, for 12 months 
than Same. detaining criminals because we put we put loads of stuff on our Twitter page yeah. and we like to promote all the great work that they do. But also it does give them people a little bit of an insight as to oh their God, dog I, did I that shaped job. that, yeah. I helped that. That's yeah. cool. That's really cool. <laughs> and then seeing you, at, like you guys get to do some cool sort of PR and stuff. So you get to do some of the big events. Yeah. I'm sure they're a bit of a highlight too. Tell me a little bit about oh, maybe one or yeah. two of those. Well, maybe, yeah. Sure, okay, <laughs> I think you, know. you quite like those. I've seen you there. Yeah, no, it's, it is a really good part of the job. You know, we can really, we do get some really good gigs. You know, we get on live TV. We do Cruffs every year. Um, when I we know get, you like them. We get them. Really I'm not I think we like to show off a little bit. Like, <laughs> look at how it's like these dogs proud. are really, really good. Yeah. These handlers work so hard to to make their dogs the best that they can they can be. And then we are a little bit like let's show it off and yeah. let's show the world yeah. that they're brilliant. You're really yeah. good at your PR. Like you, you do show it off. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> tell me a little bit about like one of the demos or the displays or something you might show. Yeah, so Cru- Crufts is probably our biggest event. So we've done Crufts now for years on years on years and, and we're really lucky we've got that slot just before Best in Show to kind of close That's Crufts, cool. you know. We're, <laughs> we're trying. We're, yeah, we are. <laughs> Come, Come on. on. Come on. Come on. What's going on? <laughs> um, so that's just a really good opportunity. You know, we work with our firearms team. They come and do some stuff. Um, so we just try and show people a little bit of what our police dogs can do, albeit not in as operationally set as we, we can sometimes portray. But, you know, stuff like that's really good. And our training is really good as well. You know, we've been to some really Gucci things with training. We've been on routes across to the Isle of Wight. and it always makes me Gucci trips. Like, yeah. Literally, it's they are like, like the creme really de la creme. Stuff, yeah. but, but it's what, I think it's what makes like good dogs really good dogs. You mm. know, I, I always say, you know, we need to mix up that environmental exposure. We need to generalise the behaviours. And yeah, there is a bit of a Gucci side to it, but actually there's a really important dog training side of it as mm. well. You know, getting the dogs used to speedboats and stuff and people say oh well the nev- dogs will never need to go on that but actually it's around the the stimulation of the dog the dog being disorientated the and then having to go and work mm-hmm. it's not necessarily about the dog being on a speedboat or a helicopter it's about those environmental stresses and yeah. them being able to generalize the behavior which kind of links into what everybody does with their dogs isn't it it's all well and good teaching the dog in the back garden but then when you take it to the park you've got a whole different ball game so yeah. We like to mix it around with our training. You know, there's an important side. but And you play a lot of games with your dogs, right? Like I watch and, yeah. and actually it's all built up off off games when I've watched you guys playing with um, like scent work and playing with yeah. a lot of what you yeah. do. It's, it is all a game. Yeah. Like it's all a game. Yeah, 100%. So, you know, our search dogs um, starts off with the dogs being playing with the Kong. Like, mm. you know, that starts with the environmental stuff we do with our baby pups, feeding them in Kongs, giving them enrichment in Kongs. And it just builds from there. Mm. Um, and that's the same with our general purpose dogs as well. Everything's around, you know, tugging and ragging and tug of war games and high energy target platform training, you know, all links in. And the I think the platform thing. stuff, like even that, like you're doing like literally different placement and different things right from very early on, yeah. like actually getting them just, it's all a game. Yeah. And it makes really good problem solving dogs. Um, and that's what makes a really good police dog. You know, we need a dog to go into an environment and tell the handler, like it, the person's over there we don't really want the, like a robotic dog that can't think for itself so everything we do with our pups is around getting the dog to think for itself an example and, of that yeah. I was in a building with the, one of the dogs training not very long ago and um, literally the dog comes in and goes I mean they literally scan scout 
bang and they are bouncing out that door and they are telling you that person is in that like behind that door and then all you see is the arm come out and the Kong go flying behind the door it's like yes and it sounds like you've got this really big scary like black Malinois but actually dog looking for his toy but ultimately right? yeah, like- yeah. yeah and that is the fundamental part it's you know everything like I said at the start is engagement interactivity with the dogs high energy dogs you know we want dogs that have got real good high intensity high energy levels because then it just makes the training process really easy for us and then if they love it like they love it don't they they love coming yeah. to work i mean arthur knows when we're at home and he knows when we're at work and he's he's got such a serious name arthur isn't he he's like doesn't mean you're arthur and yet he's so not serious he's like so he's actually part of our peaky blinders now it's explained they do have great fun and, and, and that, they that, do that love means it. that they carry on working they yeah. love working then when they're out operationally with their handlers no, it makes it's a massive, a massive, yeah. massive difference. Even watching things like we were watching um, when we were out training, dogs getting in and out of vehicles and stuff, you can see that all of the games, all of the concepts, all of the things you need to build, they're no different to what Tom or I would build yeah. or the average pet owner. Your dogs need to travel well. They yeah. need to want to get in and out of the car. Yeah. They need to yeah. um, want to retrieve. They need to love to interact with you. Yeah. They need to want to have um, those um, relationship calls. and partnerships. Yeah. And, and yet we were working yeah. on very similar stuff. Yeah. We were working on a whistle recall yeah. um, with... Um, your guys they were literally um, one minute sending out and going out to do um, some level of sort of GP work and yeah. then the next minute whistling off mm-hmm. and could they turn and literally come straight yeah, back yeah. like an emergency yeah. recall like it was it's exactly the same stuff yeah. it is and that's what we tell our volunteers very often people say oh we're training police dogs but at that age you're not you're and you don't want them to exactly train that really right no, no no it's exactly the same as you know all the stuff you guys are doing all the stuff people do with their dogs you know we, we it's all the same stuff which just ends up in a different kind of avenue to what yeah. what other people have to done. like channel it later so yeah. actually your start is your foundation is a great pet with a lot of confidence um and a dog who can handle life yeah yeah confident, confident. outgoing yeah. social um high energetic levels like it is all the stuff you'd want from a really active pet essentially um but we hope we've just got the right X factor in the dog to turn it into a police dog. Um, when you select them, so you've got, say, a group of five or six dogs and you select them, are there some that stand out for you over others? Yeah. And what? how do you yeah, how do you go about there, that? There's always dogs that stand out. So whenever we put a course together, we generally have four students, maybe five students. So we'll start off kind of identifying 10 dogs that we'll look at um, to then start to whittle down to the five we'll give to, to the handlers and run a couple of spares alongside. So, you know, in an ideal world, every course we run, we look at 10 dogs and, and pick the best five. Essentially. Um, and what I liked watching the spare dogs that were coming alongside the program, just in case maybe there was a dog that was injured or maybe a spare dog, because actually a dog might not make it part way is actually in the course that I was in, the, the one of the guys at the handlers, he basically fell in love with the dog who was the spare dog, who maybe wasn't possibly the strongest dog of the bunch, but he really fell in love with her and then put more work into her. Yeah. And I think that's really nice. So you've actually got the option of the handler almost still finding themselves in the relationship. Yeah, 100%. The relationship is, is really, really key. And that's something you can't really equate for when you're assessing dogs mm-hmm. because people have got, you know, a lot of people on there. He's quite a gentle people. character, yeah, the, the guy that was on the yeah. course, a great yeah. police officer, gentle character, level head. And he was he kind of was drawn to a dog who I think really was sweet as well. Yeah. A nice level yeah, level is, dog. The, the match is is probably the most crucial factor. You could have a brilliant dog, but if the handler doesn't buy into it or the handler doesn't like it, or the dog doesn't like the handler, 
um, it's never going to work. So we do. That's one of the reasons we have the spares. So everybody will get to work the the spare dogs. And like you say, if there's a problem, we know that dog can slot in and and kind of pick up from where the others are. And then they've already had part of their training and they're a bit more experienced. Very cool. I feel like you all at home have probably got a lot from that. And for sure, like the things that that I take from it are that, first of all, relationship conquers all. I like that. That appeals to me. Second being um, that you need to remember your dream, remember what your outcome is, remember what you're working towards, and then be really, really intentional about it. And third is that, you know, if if it's all joyful and it's all a game and there's not really a distinction between life and a game and work and a game, then actually is it really work at all? So, And then one last one, I would oh say live with passion because you guys are so passionate. <laughs> there is crazy passion. You guys are so I passionate about what you do. Like literally I'm like rocking and thinking I'm good and on time and I'm like, oh my God, it's, it's full here. Like they're so passionate. Like I literally love watching that. Like literally passionate, very passionate. Yeah, so with that guy, you know what thank you so much to our guests you have given so much value it's untrue that was this episode of the sexier than a squirrel podcast until next time remember stay sexy (laughs) hey before you go have you taken part in the worldwide sexier than a squirrel challenge it's a 25 day online video program huge energy amazing community and over 6,000 people are already taking part the only question is, you know where you are today. Where do you want to be 25 days from now? Head to absolutedogs.me forward slash sexy.